put it in there pretty tight. Good morning, good morning, and welcome to West Share Community Church. It is another beautiful day to praise the Lord. Amen? Amen. Seniors, are you back there? Amen? They're here somewhere. Okay. They got a new light in there. It's uh, really, really bright. Uh, I guess that you guys can't see it, but I can see it, and it's right in my eyes. So if I, I squint or look at you kind of funny, it's because of that. I just see white dots right now. I don't see people from the light, but. Don't walk towards the light. Okay, okay, I thank you for that advice. I think one day I want to walk towards the light, don't I? Okay, all right. I'll finish my announcements first, and I'll walk towards the light. How's that sound? Okay. Well, good morning, and uh, if you're uh, new or looking for a church home, we'd love to have you become part of our family. You're welcome if you're a guest or a new visitor. Thank you so much for joining us. If you'd like to learn more about the church and what we do, uh, please, my name is Jeff Diddle. You could certainly uh, ask me any questions you have, but I'm probably not the best source. But the elders and deacons and Pastor Adam and various other folks are here to uh, if, just ask anybody if you have any questions about us. Because our purpose here as a church is we exist to give creative and meaningful worship to our Father, as well as to discover and develop disciples for our Lord Jesus Christ. And then we added a third a third line in here is, um, and that's to love our God and love each other fervently. So that's why we're here is to uh, do those things, basically. So, um, well, it is a beautiful day. It's uh, 10 degrees out here. Uh, and I did check the weather in Jerusalem this morning. It's going to be a high of 63 degrees in Jerusalem. And I just wonder if that had anything to do with why uh, that was the chosen land, why they picked that location, if weather had anything to do for it, because... Maybe not, but uh, a couple of announcements we'd like to highlight. Uh, check in for children, for kids' shirts, church. If uh, you have children, the check-in is just outside the door and to the right. We'd ask that you do that, as well as get comfortable. Um, if I see we're pretty good with chairs today, so there's no reason to adjust or move in. And uh, please come for more after, at 11 o'clock after our uh, uh, social gathering time. We have classes, and we'll discuss the, uh, the sermon in a little more depth, if you like to, with various groups, uh, different locations. You ask questions and learn more about what we heard in our, in our uh, uh, message today. And also, gentlemen, uh, if you're interested, next Saturday is uh, No Regrets, February 4th. Uh, you can sign up online, and I don't know if we can still do that after, but uh, um, online, definitely. So if you'd consider that, the only regret you'll have is not signing up for no regrets. So I'd suggest it, and maybe you enjoy it. Um, with that, uh, the, we're not going to do the ushers. We'll do that a little bit later in the, in the uh, service here to come forward. So uh, if you'd please join me in prayer, and just let's prepare our hearts uh, to hear his word. So Heavenly Father, we do humbly come before you today, Lord. Thank you so much for being our father, our friend, uh, the, the one who came to save us because you love us so much, Lord. Um, thank you so much for your forgiveness uh, and just taking, taking and paying the price for what we could never re replace or replenish to our father, Lord. So thank you for loving us. And I pray that we just, uh, each and every one of us, just take to heart um, the characteristics of you, Father, of giving and sharing and loving to each other um, without question or concern about um, um, our consideration of ourselves first, Lord. So give us that heart. Give us ears to hear your message, Father, today. 
and uh, pray that uh, we, we uh, share it and live it throughout the rest of the week. And we also just ask you to bless um, Bob Pen Pemble uh, in the hospital, as well as uh, continue to watch over and bless our missionaries that we support and pray for each day. So, Father, give us that heart today. Give us a strong message as you always do, Father. And uh, we thank you so much and pray in your name. Amen. Always remember when you sing that song that his surrender came first. It was him that surrendered all on the cross. And then you're responding back to him. If you are a believer in Jesus Christ, I surrender all. You may be seated. You may be seated this morning. Um, I want to, Pastor Adam, I'm so glad that you're here this morning. If you ever come in here and wonder where's the seat, right up front. And I'm not sure what's wrong with Brenda this morning. But yeah, yeah, she's, she's, she's waiting for her husband to come. Um, but uh, we're really glad you're here this morning. I do want to take some time in prayer, and then we're going to take up the offering. But I'm going to put somebody on the spot this morning. Gary and, and Judy, would you come up here? Because I want to pray for the pantry team, and they're part of the pantry team. And uh, it's our ministry minute this morning just to focus in the, on the different ministries of the church. And that's one of our ministries that happens uh, twice a month, right? Twice a month on these Wednesdays, and um, they're able to serve people in the church and in the community, and I'm, I'm always just so blessed when I wander down there on a Wednesday and see what they're, they have coffee and cookies too, but anyways, uh, but uh, just their interaction with the people, so I, they're just a representative this morning of the pantry team, and we're going to pray for the pantry team. We're also going to pray for the persecuted church. Um, let's remember those that are meeting in, in different situations than we are right now. So let's remember them. And also, we're going to pray for our offering. So ushers, feel free to come on forward at this time. So let's bow our heads in prayer. So Heavenly Father, I thank you for, I thank you for the pantry. I thank you for the pantry team. I thank you, Lord, for all the people in the congregation, too, that when they see that list of items that are needed, that they, they go out to the store and they bring them in and and just, Lord, just the interaction that we are having with people that are in need. And it's more than just getting them the physical supplies that they need. Um, it's interacting in their life and, and at times praying with them and just showing them that we care. And so, Lord, continue to touch and bless our pantry team and that ministry, Lord, this morning. We do want to pray for the persecuted church. We, we think of those that are meeting in, in, in different types of situations. Um, especially we think of those, um, those spiritual leaders, those pastors, Lord, um, missionaries that go into those situations, Lord, knowing um, this is going to be a tough spot, but they're continuing to call upon you to praise you and to lift up your name and to call out for others to come to faith in Jesus Christ. So we pray for the persecuted church. And also this morning, Lord, we pray for this time of offering. It's an opportunity to um, to give our tithes and our offerings to you. Lord, use them in a mighty way, Lord, through, through this church. And may this be, as it says in the scriptures, that it would be for each one of us an act of worship to you, Lord. So we ask this in your holy name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Judy. Yep. Um, children, come on up for children's time. Those, come on, right? Oh, 
stiff? Oh, I'm still stiff. Come on up, kids. I want to talk to you about a little bit about music this morning. Yeah, just find a seat. Just find a seat. I think Elijah's coming up here too, right, Elijah? Yeah, you're going to sit by me? Yep. Yep. That's the microphone. You know, I I want you to know that I went I've been going to church ever since I was little, just like you. So I've been going to church a long, a long time. And part of going to church has always been music. Always been music. And so as a kid, we learned all kinds of songs. And lots of the songs had motions. So you people out there that know this, you help me, okay? But one of them was deep and wide. Deep and wide. And you put your hands like this. Put your hands like this. And then you're going to switch them to be like this. Got it? And then there's a time when you're going to do this. Okay, so ready? It goes deep and wide, deep and wide. There's a fountain flowing deep and wide, deep and wide, deep and wide. There's a fountain flowing deep and wide. Okay, another one that I really liked was um, you take your hands, take your hands like this, and you're going to go on top of one another like that. And then when I say, of the Lord, you're going to point, you're going to point up like that. Okay. And then I'm going to say at some point, brother, won't you help me? So you point at a boy and then I say, sister, won't you help me? Then you point at a girl and then you keep doing it. Okay. So it goes like this, building up the temple, building up the temple, building up the temple of the Lord. Say, brother, won't you help me? Sister, won't you help me? Building up the temple of the Lord. Yeah. Okay, where's Elijah? Elijah, grab my board there. Come on over here, because I want you to see, I want to teach you one more this morning. But I got words to this one. And this is probably a new one. This one says, and you'll see it, There's. it says, Holy God in love became. So we got a holy God. And he, he has come in love. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, right? And, he, and, and in the scriptures, when we talk about Jesus coming, we call him Emmanuel, meaning God with us. So holy God in love became, because he comes down. The next line, perfect man to bear my blame. Now, I, that's kind of funny picture there, isn't it? But that's a bag. That's like a big bag, and you got it over your shoulder like this. It's heavy. So perfect man to bear my blame. Then on the cross, he took my sin. So make a cross. You can do it this way, or you can do it this way, however you want to do it. On the cross, he took my sin. And then this last one, by his death, I live again. Now this one, you, you take your arm like this, and then you put your elbow on your hand and then when you say by his death i live again you come back up again okay let's try it holy god in love became perfect man to bear my blame on the cross he took my sin by his death, I live again. Good job. 
Well, let's pray before you head off to Kids Church. Heavenly Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you for the music of the church. Thank you for the words that help us to express to, back to you how much we love you, but also the words, Lord, that teach us so much about you. And we pray for each one of these children that they continue to hear more and more about their holy God who sent a perfect man who died on a cross and rose on the third day that we might have eternal life. In thy precious and holy name, amen. Okay, now you're going to follow Elijah. You can give that to me. Follow Elijah. Oh, he's doing it again. Oh. You want to try it? I mean, that's not just a kid's song. I hope you saw in that song, there is so much theology. There is so much truth in that song that we sing to a holy God who in love became that a perfect man was to bear my blame. On the cross, he took my sin. By his death, I live again. Holy God in Love became perfect man to bear my blame. On the cross he took my sin. By his death I live again. If you want to find that song, um, if you just Google on YouTube or whatever, um, the the gospel song. You got to have the the in there. The gospel song. You can bring that up and and just have that playing around in your mind. Um, it's a it's a great thing to remind yourself every day, every day. So we are back in Philemon. Um, we we kind of got it started last week. We're back in Philemon, and um, I'm thankful to be able to. To share this with you, and I'm going to kind of skip through some slides to get where we were, but this is titled From One Church Member to Another Church Member About Another Church Member. So there's this, there's this conversation that's going on through this letter, Philemon chapter 1, verses 1 through 25. And we talked about um, this is another, I would say, vertebrae of the backbone of a healthy church, because Peter gave us three when we ended 1 Peter. He said uh, the healthy church, has one vertebrae is that it, it holds on to the true grace of God, that, that we speak the gospel of Jesus Christ, the good news of Jesus Christ. That is our message. That is our message of hope to the world. The second vertebrae is a brotherly affection among the family. There's that kiss of love that we have an affection for one another because we are um, of the body of Christ. And it's a benevolence kind of love that's thinking of the other person. The third one is that we're in a harmonious state now, that we're at peace with one another in Christ. It doesn't mean we have peace among y'all that, that's happening. And it's not just in the future, but it's even right now as part of the family of God that we have this harmony. And then number four, which we're adding to it, which really ties to number three, if we're going to be harmonious, if we're going to be at peace with one another as we are at peace with God, 
we need to understand this act of forgiveness. This act of forgiveness. And that's what Philemon is all about. Now, let me jump ahead here. I do want to, because I'm going to refer this, I want to go to that second point, the parable of the prodigal son. I just want to tell it again so it's in your head. So Jesus told the story about the parable of the prodigal son. And he said there was a man, a father, who had two sons, a younger and an older son. And the younger son said, I want my inheritance now. And usually you don't do that. You don't do that until after the person has passed away. But the father turns over and hands over the younger son's inheritance. And what does he do? He goes off to a faraway country and riotous living. He blows everything that he has. And he gets to the point where now he's feeding pigs and he's wishing, he's desiring the food, the food that the pigs are eating. And it says in the scripture, he comes to his senses and he comes to his senses and he thinks of his father and he thinks about his father and his father's treatment to his servants and that his servants had food, clothing, and shelter. And that was way more than what he had at this moment in time. So he thought, I'm going to go back to my father and and I'm not going to go back and and expect him to accept me as a son, but maybe he will, he will, he will receive me as a servant, as a servant, and at least I'll get food, clothing, and shelter. And so he's on his way back to see his father. When he's on his way back, the father sees him, and the father starts running toward him, running toward him. Now, it's important that the this younger son, he comes to his father. He's got a speech ready to give, but he says these words, I have sinned. I have sinned against heaven and before you. And he says, I am no longer worthy. There's a humility there. There's a confession there that this younger son makes to the father. And how does the father respond? Does the father give him leftovers? No, he gives it, kill the fatted calf. We're going to have a big feast. Does the father give him uh, hand-me-down clothes? No. The father gets, says, bring out the best robe, bring out the robe. Does the father put a string around his finger? No, he says, put a ring on his finger. And when we read that story, we realize that, wait a minute, God's forgiveness to those who say, I have sinned, I'm unworthy. God's forgiveness to those is full, is full. So I want that kind of that story going on in the back of your minds as we now go uh, to Philemon, Philemon, and we're just going to read this in chunks. It's only 25 verses long. So verses one through three, it says, Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus. Now he's going to say that five different times in these 25 verses. He's going to say it in different ways, but he's going to mention that he's a prisoner or in chains. And he's a prisoner of Christ Jesus. He's a prisoner, he's a prisoner, a physical prisoner, because He is a follower of Jesus Christ, but he's also a prisoner of Christ Jesus, enslaved by him. And Timothy, our brother, to Philemon, our beloved brother. Now you're seeing all these family names there, brother, 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 and fellow worker. And to Aphelia, our sister. Now this would be a sister in the Lord. Most believe that this could be Philemon's wife. And to Archippus, this they believe could be their son our fellow soldier, and to the church in your house, to the church in your house, 
grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. So this is just the introduction. He, again, he'll say a prisoner or in my chains five times. There's a lot of fellows here. He'll use that over and over again. That shows us that Paul does the same thing that Peter did. He's humble about this. He doesn't put himself above other people. No, we're fellow workers. We're fellow brothers. Um, there's a gathering of the Christians in the homes. Now, that's how it started. That's how it started. And we need to remember that the gathering of the saints is so important. So they couldn't go to the temple. They couldn't go to the synagogue. Many times, many, they would either gather in homes or they would meet down by the river. There would be places of prayer where the, where the Christians would gather. And so we have this beautiful opportunity to gather as a group like we do, which is wonderful. But I would pray, I would pray that we would still gather in our homes, that you would gather up other Christians, specifically because they're Christians, to say, this is good at times for us to gather together as Christians in our homes. So he has, he's, he's taken, he said, I've got this home. The Christians can gather here. And so that's going on. And then he says, grace and peace. Grace is the means of salvation. It's by the grace of God that you are saved through Jesus Christ, through Jesus Christ. So that's the means. Peace is the result of salvation from God's wrath. Peace, we have peace now with God. When we get back to 2 Peter, which we start next Sunday, Peter's going to take us back to Noah and the flood. And you think about that, Noah and the flood, that there was such evil in the world that God flooded the earth. In that flood, it's a, it's a picture of God's wrath. But what happened for Noah and his wife and his three sons and their wives? They escaped the wrath of God. They were saved from the wrath of God. They were at peace with God. So he's saying to, saying to Philemon, the means of salvation, may the grace of God be upon you, may, and may the peace of God be upon you, that you have a right relationship with him. Okay, so let's go to verses 4 through 7 now. Now listen to how Paul speaks of Philemon. He says, I thank my God always for making mention of you in my prayers, because I heard of your love and of the faith which you have toward the Lord Jesus Christ and toward all the saints. And I pray that the fellowship of your faith may become effective through the full knowledge of every good thing which is in you for the sake of Christ. And I have come to have much joy and comfort in your love because the hearts of the saints have been refreshed through you, brother. So this is, I mean, this is, he's a good church member. He's a wonderful person to have in the church. In that passage right there, Philemon loves God. He has a deep love for God. Philemon loves others. You know, there's the two greatest commandments, right? Philemon loves others. Philemon is in fellowship with others, fellowship of the faith, of your faith. He's in fellowship with others. While he's in fellowship with others, he's participating in good works. Every good thing that you do. And it's all happening there. And then while he's participating in these good works, Philemon is doing it for God's glory. So he's doing these good works in the right sense. It not for like, I'm going to get some brownie points for doing this. But no, I'm doing it for the glory of God, for the Lord's sake. And then the last one, Philemon is being a blessing to others. The way that he is living his life 
It is blessing other people. And even Paul, who's in prison far away, writing this down, he says, the way that you're living your life is a blessing to me, is a blessing to me. So when you look at those verses there, wow, this he's a great church member. Now we get to 8 through 11. Therefore, though I have much boldness in Christ to command you to do what is proper, yet for love's sake, I rather plead with you, since I am such a person as Paul the aged, and now also a prisoner of Christ Jesus. There's the second time he says it. I plead with you for my child, Onesimus, of whom I became a father in my chains. There's number three who formerly was useless to you, but now is useful both to you and to me. This is where it kind of um, kind of unfolds here what's happening. Paul is saying to Philemon, I could command you to do something, but I want a love within you to be the motivation for the response to this letter. I want you to respond to this letter out of love rather than a command. Now, that, that sounds a lot like Peter, because when remember when we we're talking about Peter and Peter was speaking to the church leaders, he said, I exhort you, or I encourage you. He doesn't say, I command you. He says, no, I want to encourage you to do the right thing. So it, the second time he says he's a prisoner of Christ Jesus, and then we get this, this relationship again. Paul to Philemon is brother to brother, uh, spiritual brother to brother. Paul to Onesimus is spiritual father to spiritual son. We saw the same thing in Peter. Peter had Peter and Silas, brother to brother. And then when Peter speaks of Mark, he speaks of him as his, as his son. It's interesting that Onesimus' name means useful. That's what his name actually means. But we find out that Onesimus was useless. So the useful was useless. So he wasn't living up to his name. Third time that Peter or that Paul says he's in his chains. And then this whole story of Onesimus starts to unwind. Onesimus is a servant or a slave of Philemon. And sometimes when you look at those terms in the Bible, you have to not think of our history of slavery. Okay, their, their, their system was much different. Uh, it wasn't that they weren't under bondage, but they they were well some of them well educated they became such a part of the family that they were they were they were so needed in the family so it's a, it's a different dynamic that we're working with here when he talks about being a servant of Philemon but he apparently if Onesimus or if Philemon and his wife and his child all got saved now here's Onesimus in that household he lives right in the household. And what's he do? He runs away. He runs away. He runs away from that scenario. And he runs to Rome, which has about 187, or, uh, 870,000 people at the time. Because if you're running away, what do you do? You run away to a place where you can be inconspicuous so people don't know who you are. We find out, we'll find out here, that most likely he ran away with some stuff some stuff from Philemon, but who does he run to? He runs into Paul. Where's Paul? In prison, in prison. Most likely, where would this runaway thief uh, be able to get some type of job? You know, well, you can serve the prisoners kind of thing. 
But what do we know about Paul in prison? Does he stop sharing the gospel? No, he got, like turns it on. I got captive audience now. These guards are coming in all the time. These people are coming to me. You know, kind of thing. And so he's sharing the gospel. So Onesimus is serving Paul in prison and he hears the gospel from Paul's mouth and he responds with saving faith. That's why Paul says, of whom I became a father. I became a father. I'm, I, I'm a spiritual daddy because I got to tell him about the Lord Jesus Christ. And he accepted the Lord Jesus Christ. And when he ends there, he was useless to you, but now he's both, both useful both to you and to me. There's a transformation, Philemon, that has happened in Onesimus' life. There's a spiritual transformation that has happened. So now we go to verses 12 through 14. I have sent him back to you in person. That is my very heart, whom I intended to keep with me um, so that on, that on your behalf, he might minister to me in my chains. There's number four for the gospel. But without your consent, I did not want to do anything so that your goodness would not be in effect by compulsion but voluntary. So here's the fourth time he says, in his chains. And this is basically what Paul is saying. I want to keep him here. I want to keep Onesimus here because, man, he's, he's tending my every needs and it's wonderful. And I got this brand new Christian and I'm sharing all the things about Christ with him. I, I want to keep him here. But if he was to stay, I would want you to send him back to me willingly. I would want you to send him back willingly saying, Onesimus, please go and serve Paul on our behalf while he is in prison. And you'll see now, this is an important point. In 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 2, when Peter is speaking to the church leaders, when he's talking to the elders of the church, he says, when you discharge your duties, he says, do not do it under compulsion, but willingly. And Paul says the same thing here. Uh, in effect, by compulsion, not by compulsion, but voluntarily. So you get the picture that Philemon is not just a good church member and also like sacrificed up his house to say, we can have church in my house. But he's speaking to Philemon as a church leader. He's speaking with the language about that goes to church leaders on how they are to conduct themselves. Okay. Now let's go 15 and 16. This is the high point right here. For perhaps he, Onesimus, was for this reason separated from you, Philemon, for a while, that you would have him back forever. Everybody say forever. 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 No longer as a slave, but more than a slave, a beloved brother. Uh-oh. See, see, Paul is, is trying to stress here, something dramatic has happened to Onesimus. But now, I consider him just the same thing I consider you, a brother in the Lord, a beloved brother, especially to me. But how much more to you, both in flesh and in the Lord? How much more to you, Philemon, that this one who has come to faith in Jesus Christ, who you know, who's lived in your house, who has been alongside of you, that now he has turned his eyes toward God. 
And he has accepted Christ as his Savior, that he is the Messiah. So um, Philemon, I want you to view this, this event differently. And, and this is a big part in forgiveness. If you're going to forgive somebody, this is what's got to happen. you got to view this situation differently. And so that's kind of, Paul does a what-if scenario. Hey, Philemon, just think about this. What if? What if in the whole scheme of things, you and your household became saved, and you have a church, the church is meeting in your house, and this slave named Onesimus runs away, and actually he runs away with some of your stuff kind of thing. But what if the whole reason behind that was so that he would run into me in prison and he would hear the gospel come from my lips, just like you did, Philemon, and he would turn his life over to Jesus Christ and he would be able to come back to you. He would come back to you not just as a slave, but more than a slave. He would come back to you as part of your family forever because he has eternal life. What if? Um, if Onesimus is part of God's family, then Philemon will have him back forever. Now, let's marry these two together. Onesimus is the prodigal son coming home. Onesimus is the one who has said, I have sinned. Not worthy. And Paul is gently pushing him back to Philemon. And so Onesimus is on his way back home. The question is, how will Philemon greet him? How will Philemon greet him as he comes back home? Will he greet him like the father? Will he greet him with open arms? Will he, after he reads this letter and realizes there's a transformation that's happened in, in Onesimus' life, will he scoop him up and, you know, he doesn't get leftovers, he, you know, all through that? Or will he treat him like the older son? Do you remember the rest of the story? The older son comes in from the field. And the older son finds out, like, what's going on? Well, your younger brother came home, and your dad threw him a big party. And he went, what? What? And if you read that passage of Scripture, you'll, you count how many times this older son says, I, 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 I. And basically what he's saying is, I'm worthy. Don't forget about me. I'm the one. And, and he doesn't join in with his father in the celebration that one has come home. So Philemon, how are you going to greet Onesimus? Are you going to greet him like the father? Are you going to greet him like the father, like God? Or are you going to greet him like the older son? And you still got your focus on yourself rather than on him. Which way are you going to go? So, um, this is just a side note. What if I don't forgive? What if I don't forgive? You stay in the prison of your past. You're in prison if you don't forgive. You'll be stuck there. Another thing, I allow unforgiveness to turn into bitterness and a whole bunch of other things. It won't just stay as bitterness. It will get ingrained in your life. It grows and it grows and it grows if I don't forgive. Another one, I put out the welcome mat for Satan when I don't forgive. Now, we read this one in, in, um, in the men's group yesterday morning. Ephesians chapter, uh, chapter 4 and verse 26 and 27. 
where it says, be angry and do, yet do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger and do not give the devil an opportunity. That's what you're doing. You're putting out the welcome mat for Satan when we don't forgive. Let me read you one more here. Second Corinthians, this one is really good. Second Corinthians chapter 2 and verses 10 and 11. Paul says, but one whom you graciously forgive anything, I graciously forgive also. For indeed, what I have graciously forgiven, if I have graciously forgiven anything, I did it for your sakes in the presence of Christ. And then he says, so that no advantage would be taken of us by Satan. For we are not ignorant of his schemes. That's one of the schemes of Satan. Is when, and remember, he's talking to church people, okay? Is when church people don't forgive one another. That's one of his schemes. One of his schemes. And the last one here, I hinder my fellowship with God who forgives. I hinder my fellowship with God who forgives. Uh, these scriptures aren't on your sheet there, but I want to take us to Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12 and starting in verse 17 where it says, never paying back evil for evil to anyone. Respect what is good in the sight of all men. If possible, so far as it depends on you, being at peace with all men. Never taking your own revenge, beloved. Instead, leave room for the wrath of God. For it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. But if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, Give him a drink, for in so doing you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. See, when I, when I don't forgive, I'm taking the place of God. As if there is truly an injustice that's done, then God's going to take care of that. It's in His timing. He's going to take care of any injustice at all. But so many times, we want to do that. And so we take vengeance. Let me give you uh, one more here, because I can't get away from 1 Peter, because we just read this one not too long ago. 1 Peter chapter 2, 21 through 23. And this is focusing on Christ as our example. It says, For to this you have been called, since Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. So what did he do? Who did no sin, nor was any deceit found in his mouth, who being reviled, what did Jesus do? Was not reviling in return. While suffering, what did he do? He was uttering no threats, but kept entrusting himself to him who judges righteously. And that's what we have to do when we forgive. When we take those steps of forgiveness toward toward someone, we have to continue to entrust ourselves to him, to him who judges righteously. So lots of times when we don't forget what what happens, we're taking God's place. We want to inflict God's wrath. We want to inflict wrath, or we want to bring down the judgment. That No, that's God's job. That's God's job to do that. Okay, let's go back to our passage, verses 17 uh, through 20, 20. If then you regard me as a partner, Philemon, if you regard me, Paul, as a partner, accept him as you would accept me. 
same status. But if he has wronged you in any way or owes you anything, charge that to my account. I, Paul, am writing this with my own hand. So he may have, he may have written the whole thing or may have had it transcribed or whatever, but this point, it seems like he's, he says, let me write this in my own hand. This is my personal IOU. You can see that I'm writing this in my own hand. I will repay it. And then he puts that little thing in there, not to mention to you who owe me even your own self as well. There you get the clue there that Paul was the one that told Philemon about Christ. Yes, brother, let me benefit from you in the Lord. Refresh my heart in Christ. So Paul gives a big push to Philemon. I want you to do the right thing. I want you to do the right thing. And Paul's willingness, you'll see here, to go way beyond for a church member. He says to Onesimus, who's a church member now, who's part of the family of God, he says, if he owes you anything, yeah, charge it to my account. I'll pay it off. I, he bends over backwards for this one named Onesimus. And this last thing, doing the right thing biblically has benefits. Because he ends that saying, yes, brother, let me benefit from you in the Lord, refresh my heart in Christ. When you do the right thing biblically, there are benefits that come from that. So I, I made down a list. Your children benefit when you, as a mom and dad, live a holy life in front of them. Your children benefit. Your job benefits when you, as an employee of that workforce, work in such a way that brings glory to your God. Your, church, your boss benefits, the job benefits. This, your school benefits. Your school benefits, students, when you live your life, your every aspect of your life, in glory of who our God is. That school benefits. And our church benefits. When our church benefits, when we have people in our church that's much broader than just the two people. Biblically, do the right thing. There are benefits. Okay, 21 through 25. Having confidence in your obedience, I write to you since I know that you will do even more than what I say. So what's he saying to him? You're going to go beyond what I'm telling you to do here. And at the same time, also prepare me a lodging, for I hope through your prayers I will graciously be given to you. Epaphras, my fellow prisoner, there's number five, in Christ Jesus greets you, as do Mark, Aristarchus, uh, Damas, uh, Luke, my fellow, there's that word again, fellow workers, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. So Paul wants Philemon to go beyond, just like he is going beyond for Onesimus. He wants Philemon to do the exact same thing. After this hard talk, after this hard letter that he writes, Paul wants Philemon to be prepared for their next physical time together. So Paul doesn't look at this like, like this is out of the ordinary or like this is going to end the relationship. He doesn't look at it that way at all. He says, no, no, I, I'm giving you the instruction of what to do here. I'm encouraging you to do this. But yeah, have my room ready for me when I come. Uh, and, and then the last thing here is the fifth time that he says, my fellow prisoner. But he also mentions somebody's name. He mentions the name of Mark. Philemon probably would have known this story. Paul and Barnabas go on their first missionary journey. And Barnabas says, let's take Mark. 
we find out later that Mark is a cousin of, um, of, of Barnabas. And he's with them for a while, and then he jumps ship. He heads back home. Paul and Barnabas get ready for missionary journey number two. And Barnabas says, let's take Mark. And Paul says, are you crazy? Now, that's my interpretation, okay? Are you crazy? No way. And there's such a disagreement between Paul and Barnabas that Barnabas takes Mark and goes one way, and Paul takes a guy named Silas and goes the other way. But later on, as we continue to read the scriptures, the epistles, as Paul is writing, he's in prison at, time, at in different times. He's in prison this one time, and he says, ah, make sure you bring Mark, because he's really a great, great help to me. Now, what happened between those two? I mean, what must have happened for Paul to turn around now and say, what? To say, yeah, can he come? Because he's a lot of help to me. And now, to read in this passage of Scripture, what does he call Mark? A fellow worker. He went from someone who was useless to him to someone that was tremendously useful to him. I bring that up because what is Paul asking Philemon to do with Onesimus? He's asking him to do this exact same thing. Just like I forgave or I rebuilt that relationship or a reconciliation with Mark, I want you to do the same thing with Onesimus when he comes home. That's what I want you to do. So some concluding thoughts here. First off, forgiveness is in the Bible. It's like everywhere. Okay, so you can't get away from it. 75 plus word pictures and parables about it. That, that whole thing I just explained right there. He, this is a personal case of someone following through. He's saying, okay, Philemon, I want you to do exactly what I did with Mark. Um, remember, I have been forgiven of a debt I can't repay. When you have the opportunity to forgive somebody else, always remember, always remember that God's list is longer than your list and you have been forgiven of a debt that you cannot repay. But Jesus paid it all. Jesus paid it all. And I'm turning around and I'm forgiving someone of a debt. Forgiveness brings blessings to others. Remember that? That when I forgive, there's a blessing that comes with that. It's a call of obedience is to forgive. And this last next one, we are accountable to our leader's pleadings. So that's what Paul's doing. He's pleading with Philemon. Forgive. Forgive. Act like the father in the parable of the prodigal son. And I would say the same thing this morning as your spiritual leader. I would plead with you. I would plead with you. That if there is a relationship that is strained within this congregation, if there is a situation where there is some forgiveness that need, either needs to be received or given, I would plead with you to do that. The, the church is hindered by unforgiveness. It slows it down by unforgiveness. So I plead with you this morning. If you know of a situation where you need to make some, you need to pray about it, you need to make some steps toward that person and ask for forgiveness or give forgiveness, you, you have all of the Bible backing you up on doing that. Okay, um, We are not alone when we forgive. There's plenty of examples of other people forgiving. And when we forgive, we are empowered by God. What I mean by that 
is that we're being obedient to God. If, if, if we have a, a person, a, a Christian, who is being obedient to God, what's God do with that person? God uses them in a mighty and powerful, powerful way. So I put this last slide up here. I need to forgive. Maybe there's a name that you put in there. Or I need to give forgiveness too. Maybe there's a name that you put in there. Um, in your Come for More, there's one section where you might identify, there's these three main characters in this letter. You might identify with Paul that like, you need to encourage your brother or sister in Christ to do biblically the right thing. You might be in that position. You might be like Philemon, where, where, where you need to offer forgiveness to another, but it won't happen until you take your eyes off of yourself and put it on that person. Or you might be Onesimus. You might need to go in and seek forgiveness of another. You might be like Onesimus too, in the sense that you're, you need to come home to the Father. You need to come home to the Father and say, I have sinned, I am unworthy. And if that's you this morning, I want you to know that his forgiveness is full. It is full. So I want to end with a worship team, come on up. Um, is forgiveness easy? The answer is, the answer is, no, it's not. It's not easy. And each and situations are different and, and all that. But um, my, uh, I don't think I've ever told this story before. So I got to watch it. <laughs> um, my relationship with my father was a very good one growing up. Um, we were a lot alike. And uh, we, we liked the same things. And we spent, you know, all of our time together with one another. And my father has the, had the, um, had the good genes to look younger all, uh, you know, like so many times when I got older, they thought we were brothers. Oh, thank you. Uh, but, but I had a really great relationship with my father, but later on in life, my father um, had a patch of life that he went through that was tremendously stressful. Um, my mother had Alzheimer's for 15 years, and he took care of her at home until he couldn't do it anymore, and then he got cancer. And then during that time, um, he was, he, he, it's almost like he turned into a different person. And, um, and realizing that, wait, the weight of the stress, that, I mean, he kicked me out of the house twice. He started to use language with me that I had never, uh, that I hadn't heard in a long, long time since I was a kid. Uh, he wrote me out of the will. And, um, did it hurt? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it hurt big time. But I knew that I wouldn't have a relationship with him unless I kept focused on him. Focused on If I focused on myself and how much it hurt and what it did to me, and doesn't he realize, nah, 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 I would never have a relationship with him. So I just kept handing it over to God and saying, God, May, may I be a forgiving person. And you know, and when life turned around and his second wife passed away and he's all the way out in California, who did he call? And I'm so thankful. 
And he picked up the phone. And I was all the way in Maine. On the other side. Oh, God, they're cold. He said, will you come get me? Yep. I'll come get you. Can I live with you for a while? And God started to rebuild that whole relationship that would not have happened though. And and this is no pat me on the back kind of thing. No. I'm just following what that says. That's all. I'm just following what that says, that we are to be a forgiving people. We are to be a forgiving people. So let's stand. We're going to sing our final song. And uh, this is a great song um, because especially if you feel like you're an Onesimus, and you need to come home to the Father. Uh, just look look at the words of this song. Hi there. Um, I'm Scott Kingston, one of the elders here. And I want to close this with a little bit of scripture and prayer. But before I do that, Adam, I want to thank you for sharing that powerful, powerful story of, of forgiveness. Uh, C.S. Lewis said something along the lines of, everyone says that forgiveness is a wonderful idea until they have something to forgive. And uh, I wanted to go to, to uh, Matthew chapter 6, probably the most memorized portion of Scripture um, in the Bible, and that's the Lord's Prayer. And when Jesus gives us the template for prayer, this beautiful prayer, it's really, it's really self-explanatory. And in fact, when he finishes giving that prayer, there's only one line that he expounds on. And that line is uh, Matthew 612 forgives our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors and at the end of the lord's prayer he leaves us with this warning he says in matthew 6 14 and 15 for if you forgive men when they sin against you your heavenly father will also forgive you but if you do not forgive men their sins your father will not forgive your sins it doesn't get any more black and white than that so uh I just encourage you to go out this week and be the most forgiving and gracious people in Washera County. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your amazing grace. May we have the humility to realize that our sin, as Adam said, is just this massive, massive burden that we that, that we are just so, so in need of your grace. Help us to share that grace with others. You do give us this promise in Scripture. Um, You say, forgive and you will be forgiven. Give and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. So Lord, help us to be your representatives of grace and forgiveness and mercy with our families, with our coworkers, with the world around us, because we live in a world that needs your grace so desperately. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a great week.